Welcome back to United We Nerd Podcast, where we talk every, about everything and anything nerd. And today we have a very special episode for y'all today. Of course, we are going to be talking about MCU Phase 4 in review. We're pretty much going to be going back and seeing what Phase 4 had to offer. Where did it all stand up at the end of the day as we lead into Phase 5 with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania? And of course, to help me along with that is, of course, always my co-host, the Mad Mech Mastermind himself, Joel. How are you? It's my co-host and our special guest. Oh, oh. Why don't you returning special guest, might I add. That's right. Pooja, thank you for coming back and hanging out with us today. Glad to be back. So, yeah. Um, phase four. What a ride. Uh, pretty much spanning... Uh, the two years of the pandemic that we kind of were starting to get back into the world and it, the MCU was right there with us. Um, as I'm going down the list, there's about one, two, set. There's, there's 17 official MCU projects that came out in the span of two years for phase four. That is a lot more than I thought there were. Okay. So I guess uh how we'll do this is I have the list right here. And we're gonna I think what's best, at least for our sakes, is we'll go in like year by year. So we'll have all of 2001 we'll go through and then all of 2002 and we'll just kinda we'll just kinda pick and choose the stuff that we really want to talk about. I know I know some of us have um a lot of things to talk about for certain uh installments of the phase four so i'll just i'll just go down the list for 2001 and then we can kind of just go from there so the beginning of uh, M uh, phase four we had wandavision which came out between january 15th and march 5th of 2021 we have the falcon and the winter soldier between march 19th and april 23rd uh loki that came out on june 9th to july 14th and then we got our first movie of the year which was black widow on july 9th and then a little bit after that we got the what if series on august 11th through october 6th and then we got our second movie with shang chi and the legend of the ten rings in september 3rd Woo! and then we got eternals on november 5th Followed by Hawkeye uh, from November 24th to December 22nd, just in time for the holidays. And to round out, oh, actually, and going in between Hawkeye, we have uh, Spider-Man No Way Home on December 17th. Woo! What a, what a year just for 2021. Mm -hmm. um, before we started recording, uh, Pooja, you said uh, you, had some, you had some fine words for uh, the What If series. So why don't we, why don't we start there? Oh, damn. All right, I want to hear. <laughs> she hate what if. Like, hold on. I, there's definitely a couple episodes that are probably helpful in terms of understanding the rest of Phase 4. Um, and there's just some that are just really, really well made. But mm -hmm. the rest of the show, I just, I couldn't get into. Like, it's nice, it's well animated, but it's just, I don't know. It's, just, it's, it's not something that really 
really in like piqued my interest a lot. Um, the Chadwick Boseman episodes was great. The oh, yeah. Doctor Strange episode mm-hmm. was great. Um, I guess Zombies was okay. It was kind of fun. <laughs> uh, it's like it's like it's like people like the comics. So here you go. You you guys have it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, I I like the concept, but I feel like it just kind of was all over the place, and I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought that I would have. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say though, the story that they gave Natasha, I feel like is a lot better than the story that she actually got within the MCU, which is a shame because I don't know, just the treatment mm-hmm. of her character was very very different. So. I, I kind of wish that was transferred over to the MCU, but it is what it is. It wasn't my favorite show, though. So. That I mean, that's very fair because it in, in in that case, when you kind of look at what if, you kind of see what, like you said, what could have been in the MCU. Like, what kind of sto- like if if earlier in the MCU, like the early days of the MCU, like the first ten years, if they weren't so afraid to kind of go with the more weirder stuff in Marvel, we could have gotten a lot more interesting stories to start with. So I, I can get that. Um, I mean, definitely when we, when we look at the first movie, uh, Black Widow, it's also kind of like one of those missed opportunities as well. You know, I, I, I know that a lot of people said that Black Widow should have happened like six or five or six years ago. Yes and no, it is a little bit too late. It's, that that movie is a little bit of a messy case, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I I actually enjoyed Black Widow personally. I know some people didn't really care for it or they found it was kind of pointless, but I really enjoyed the movie for what it was. Yeah, there, I I actually enjoyed it too. There's a lot of actually really interesting characters in in the movie, and it, just the, I don't know. For me, I always kind of like to see the background of characters that we we pretty much like i guess it's fair to say we kind of grew up with for a, a certain period of time cuz like we've seen natasha as the as like the mcu version for almost all of like almost 10 years worth of content mm-hmm. from from marvel so it's just kind of like would it have been nice if we'd gotten that maybe before you know, Endgame came out. I can understand why people are like, "Well, I already know what happens to her. Why do?" I... But, um, but yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it was the worst thing that they came out with. It was. It was a fine. It was a fine. Like, you had a little bit of action. You had a little bit of. You actually had a little bit of comedy, which I wasn't really expecting going into the movie. Um, but yeah, um, it's not. It's not the worst movie. <laughs> it's not the worst movie. It, the way I feel about it is like it's a good spy movie. I don't know if it's a good superhero movie. Yes. As in regards to Natasha, like I think the ensemble they did a great job with the movie and the writing's good. I even like the villains and how they wrote it. Um, but yeah, it definitely felt better as a spy movie. I think it is different. It sets itself apart. But I think yeah, uh, it should have been. I don't know, released maybe like one or two years sooner, but I understand like pandemic and conflict and all that. It just is what it is. For sure. Um, I guess let's let's talk about the the shows for a little bit because we pretty much a lot of the forefront of the fate of Phase Four really relied on Disney Plus, especially because you know mm. we didn't have movies. 
<laughs> for for a good half of that year um but like just just to go off like the fir- the first like three you know wandavision falcon and the winter soldier loki like i don't know about like you guys but i really appreciate just how different they all are you know, because I think that's the one thing people kept complaining about. It's like, oh, you know, it's the same Marvel formulas. Like, you have, like, your big superhero, and then they have the villain that's, like, that they pretty much are, like, a mere opposite of. Which, you know, that's a fair that's a fair complaint because that still kind of fucking happens. Um, but it's like, you have WandaVision where it's like, hey, we're going to do a spoof on, like, the sitcoms throughout the like generations and then you have the falcon and winter soldier which yeah is kind of a little bit more um roughly like the mcu ish out of the three but you still have those like overtones of just kind of like the like you have the yeah um the what's the word i'm trying to look for fuck (laughs) but just like the um not political i mean a little it's a little bit political it's it's kind of a little bit of just like the where society is at kind of thing it's it's more of like a societal piece than the other ones is and then you have loki which is like hey you wanted the weird shit here's the weird shit (laughs) multiverse stuff it's like all right here Mm -hmm. we go um yeah i just kind of want to throw this out there for any of you to to pick it up it's I'd have like those three, like which one like appealed to you more? Yeah, that's tough. Me, it's always been WandaVision. Yeah. Like I've always I've always had in terms of at least the shows, um, WandaVision has always been at my top, uh, or at the top of my list. Um and I mean to kind of go off of what you said, like all three of those shows really help change the uh, the MCU formula. And I feel like that's why phase four in general is very different. Um, and it's basically, you know, Marvel saying, you know, you guys wanted something different. So here you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they kicked it off with like three very, very different shows that challenged the idea of, you know, what phase phases one through three really talked about. Um, and especially WandaVision, I really like the stylistic choices that were made in that show. Oh, yeah. um, just kind of like changing from you know decade to decade in terms of television, and it just it was so nice to see the build up until the very end, the very that that kind of uh, finale that closed out the show. It was so well done. For sure, for sure. Yeah, the the just the idea that. I kind of made me feel old in the same way just because we were like I feel like we were like the generation of like people that lived through like the end of like the heyday of sitcoms because like we we had the game because we had all the great 90s sitcoms like Full House and you know um, the uh, Malcolm in the Middle and other other kind of shows like that but then we also got the benefit of being able to see like the Isle of Lucy's you know the um the uh wow why am i so blanking on um 
there's there's so many to like remember but like that idea is just like each episode being a different era of you know we got like the the happy days episode we got the like kind of like the i love lucy episode and then we kind of got the i dream a genie episode and then it just kept going throughout the years but then within those little like quirky little episodes you had the underlying story of like you know like what is wanda like what is wanda's like emotional and like mental state at this point like how is it affecting the small town and then of course you have all the outside influence with sword where it's just like hey you know this is this is something we don't understand we're trying to like break through this barrier we're trying to like see what's going on and then you get like the whole understory with vision and i i agree i think it's kind of hard for me because I'm, I, I am one of those kind of people where you, you put something in my face and it's like, I enjoy, I enjoy it kind of deals. Um, but yeah, I would say that for me, it's probably a tie between WandaVision and Loki with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, just like barely, you know, you know, edging into like the second place point only because I felt like out of the three, for some reason, Falcon and Winter Soldier felt like it was moving too rapidly. Like, yeah, yeah, because like I feel like we went from like episode two, we like were starting to get into like, oh, you know, you know, this might be like the big bad group, and then you know, it was showing like, oh, you know, but the. I, I kind of hate that I forgot her name, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I guess that's the point because it felt like they went too quickly. You kind of didn't really know the villains too much at all. It's like, all you knew is that they were a, a group of refugees that felt like they're being displaced because everybody came back from the blip and the government was kind of pushing them out of their homes, which is a, a good kind of um, story they can tell. But I felt like, once they kind of got closer to the finale of the show, they started falling into kind of like the MCU stuff where it's like all of a sudden a, 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 a switch flips and she's like, I'm just going to blow up a whole building full of, you know, kids and refugees. And it's like, oh, okay, that sure. Was very weird choice. I, I kind of was a little bit weird about it because... I don't know, it feels like it was just taking, like, a very underprivileged group of people, especially given what happened with the blip, and then turning them into the enemy, whereas you had, um, uh, what was his name, U.S. agent? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. yeah U.S. agent. You had him, who could have been a pretty decent villain, um, and he didn't last very long. Um, so it was just weird the choices that they made. Um, I mean, all of the scenes with with uh, Bucky and Sam were fantastic. Oh and, yeah, you know, Sam's whole montage was great, but just <laughs> some of the directions were a little bit weird. It was it was a good show though; it wasn't bad at all. But it just had some issues with it that I just it didn't sit right with me. I uh, actually feel the opposite of you guys. Uh, my only reasoning is 
had i think six episodes and i think loki and wanda had a little bit more so i think they had to rush and fill it in but that's true i mean i actually felt like flag smasher zemo and u.s agent were actually three <laughs> villains to me at least like in their place in their story but they kept i do see like they kept bouncing back and forth with them and they couldn't decide i think it's good that they should have stuck to one and then at the end it was the flag smashers right but um but yeah just definitely I think they knew that what they had was safe, but they didn't want to push too much with that show. Whereas WandaVision and Loki, like they we're gonna push as far as they can go, we don't care, and look what happened, you know. But we're gonna get a movie now, so instead of a show, that's true. So that'll be interesting. And hopefully, um, I mean we also have hints of where US agents gonna be, but maybe uh Zemo will return. We'll we'll find out. But um I, I do agree with you guys. I think Loki and uh, WandaVision are definitely above that one. But I think with a little more love, it just, it would have been on par, for sure. You see, I, something just popped into my mind, and I know we're gonna, we're gonna talk about Wakanda Forever in a little while, but I just remembered Zemo got taken away by the Dormelage, right? Yep. Did he get, did he escape because if not he should he should have technically been at wakanda right because he was their prisoner i think so you're saying that with the with the big fight they had he might have been freed or escaped maybe that's, that's that possible or like maybe it's a whole thing where maybe when Namor attacked Wakanda, like maybe Zemo like it's like oh shit, all right, breaks out, and we won't find out until maybe the next next uh, Captain America movie maybe. I'm Hi thinking too, like the fact that like everything just kind of blew up and flooded the entire like you know area of Wakanda. It's it's, it's possible, so yeah. that could be like leading into another plot line and like one of the other movies who knows little little theory little theory um let's see oh i feel like we have to talk about this because i feel like this was probably the first big like this is phase four you know movie uh shang chi yes. like mm -hmm. i feel like this is when not that phase four already didn't hit the stripe, but I feel like this was like, this is phase four. Like this was like the first, like, this is what you need to watch in the, in this whole phase. Um, we just get like a cool backstory for a character we technically already knew existed, but didn't see the real one in uh, the Mandarin finally actually having a proper like debut. Um, and there's also just getting to see um, the more mystical side of the MCU. Because I, mm -hmm. I think when a lot of people thought like, oh, you know, with Loki, we're going to be getting a lot of like multiverse stuff. And then like with Doctor Strange and like more multiverse stuff. Like, yeah, I think we are going to be reaching that point of being more multiversal down the line. But I think what Phase 4 did really well was that they started explaining different realms of like just like the Marvel universe in general 
in a palatable way because you got the um you got like the mystical side of marvel with shang chi you got a little bit of the multiverse with like loki and and like spider-man and doctor strange and then of course we're going to be getting the quantum realm pretty soon and um i guess in a way you could also kind of tap into like the the witch like the witchcraft side and like kind of that like like the like the like realm of like chaos kind of kind of deal you know um and with shang chi i felt like it was a home run like everything was put into place perfectly to you know have a story that had a really big impact and being able to represent a whole bunch of uh people as far as like you know representation all across the board um filmography was great acting was great you know set pieces were great like everything about this production was just wonderful um so like what do you what do you guys uh overall opinions about this movie i know we we've talked about this in the past a lot but um as far as this being like the first like you know everybody's going back to movie theater like here here is a marvel production you know like what what, what are your overall opinions about um shang chi like looking back now first puja um uh, seeing this movie in theaters was such a big deal and you know with the conversation of you know there's no such thing as movie stars anymore i disagree <laughs> i feel like this movie granted very few people knew about simulu but i feel like just his existence the fact that he represents a lot of people um not just east asians but south asians southeast asians it brought a huge audience to the theaters because we were seeing someone who represents you know our our community our cultures um but you know story-wise it's also just fantastic it's so well written there are so many parallels there are so many very humane very beautiful moments all throughout the uh, the movie um i to this day my favorite scene from that movie is the almost like dance fight between um yeah his parents with wen wu and oh my god i always forget her name from his mom's name but that whole sequence was so well choreographed mm -hmm. like it, it plays rent free in my mind on a weekly basis at minimum it's just one of my favorites and it just it just goes it just goes to show just like because correct me if i'm wrong but the the stunt choreographers for this movie were the same for crouching tiger hidden dragon right I believe I believe that they were just because it had that it had that same kind of style where it's a lot of wire work. But then like when you're seeing it in the movie, it seems like they're just kind of floating in air and they're like doing all these like very like flawless, you know, smooth motion like action scenes. But for that scene, it like you're saying, it works so well just because like it looks like they're just like dancing with each other, even though like they're technically having like like a sparring match almost 
like she's like testing him just to see like what he can do but it just looks like such like a nice like almost like romantic scene even though like when you look at this character as like who who is to become the mandarin it's like it's like yeah he's kind of an asshole but like this is like such as like a sweet scene because it's like you know like you said it's like a dance um but uh joel well what about you what's your opinions looking back on this movie still oh it, it was great uh you know to come back to theaters watch that movie as soon as that intro with wem Wu and he had the rings and he didn't do anything goofy with it <laughs> he's kicking ass I was, i'm in i was sold the minute i saw him doing some sick shit on the horse and they go through time too like yeah dude blowing up buildings changing history i just thought that was fascinating and then how they're present but not too present just how it's basically like a family movie, right? But it's, it's it's just done so well, choreographed well, good story, and oh man, I it's just loved it. My only complaint at the time was CG looked a little rough for like one scene, but then they cleaned it up when they put it on Disney Plus. So whatever, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm it, it, it's that time period where it's like we just have to give them like the you know, you know, it's it's COVID time still, so like production exactly, got weird. Exactly. Like, it's that forgiveness yeah. period, you know. Exactly. I I'm super forgiving if when it comes to Marvel, but um it was just super strong and I was I'm just excited to see more of him, Simu Lewis, Shang-Chi, mm -hmm. and his family like show up. I want him to show up where just start doing the thing they want to do with Kang with everyone now. I don't care if it gets overdone for, at least for me. Stick Shang-Chi everywhere, stick Moon Knight everywhere. I want to see Werewolf Fight Night pop out and catch America's ass or something. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> like start they have the means to do it. And and especially with Shang-Chi, his family is like intergalactic connections, maybe now it's Let's do it. Let's go. You know, so that's yeah. I'm ready. But yeah, that that movie, you know, it's you start to see. We talked about it a while ago, but just we start to see the the theme throughout Phase Four. Like really, it starts like facing ourselves, whether that's literally ourselves or our family, where we came from, and you know, if we miss someone, grief, just all these like problems that I think society, like you brought up, like at the time, like society was facing, and they're like they put it in these movies and shows it just it just hits home a little bit harder right but yeah that that's where i was chong t for sure still am i fucking love that movie <laughs> so good oh yeah i feel like shang chi is probably still my favorite phase four movie and probably one of my top three favorite mc movies of all time it's honestly nice. so great um, but also, uh, the whole opening scene with Wen Wu, I know he's dead, but the fact that he comes back a little bit later when they're having the little family dinner, and he basically has that conversation of names, it's just him reclaiming his name and being like, you know, people used to use my name, and it was for shame. For shame. This is, this is me. <laughs> I am the Mandarin. <laughs> so I feel like this movie was just really nice to see him just come back and be like, I am the Mandarin, not you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I love it. Like, I'm sorry, Ben Kingsley, but step aside. <laughs> Travis can be in the dungeon for a while until we find him later. <laughs> Cute. Oh. We love, we love more. Um, I kind of want to talk about this one just because I feel like I wouldn't say divisive. I would just say it's one of the more 
puzzling or not even puzzling but just like we don't know where this could be heading kind of movie uh eternals so hold on i i want to take the reins real quick oh, okay. on eternals oh all right real all right. quick all go, right go for I'm, it i'm jumping in because i have flip-flopped so many times this movies at uh, this movie and it's like just get it out before i forget it um with eternals the first time i saw it uh for the scale of what the movie set out to do i think they reached it like these grand beings being larger than the fucking universe that we comprehend. And, you know, they send these people to do these things. I think they, they achieved that with Arashan being like, literally his like head is the size of earth or some shit. Right. It's, it was great. It seems like, Oh, he's hella big. Like the, in the theaters, that was sick. Like I was sold. But um, for me at the, the first time I saw it, I was like, this is way too much exposition to drop on us and stuff. And I just thought it was too much action was good you know maybe too many characters but having watched i mean because i've watched movies a lot and it's the same ones over and over again like i feel like the more you watch it it gets better because you're familiar with the characters the story what's going to happen and you know there's so the, the ensemble is amazing too like all those actors did a phenomenal for what they had to do and it's well done uh you know thinking about it like that i think it Definitely rub people the wrong way too, because again, they try to do new things. They really try to push it, like, like these superheroes in love, and you know, really like discovering their bodies, their thought processes, and even like they're like a super high power, and they're answering to even higher power, right? And that's just mm -hmm. that's wild too, and it just came under a lot of scrutiny. And then you know, having me watch, it, I think it's just it's better than I thought it was before, and it people kind of rate rated a little low rank it low like i think if you're listening to this and you weren't sure check it out again just just look at what the characters are going through and they're just i think they're showing how human they really are even though they aren't like they're mm -hmm. they're trying to be something they aren't but they achieve it that's just what i wanted to say it gets a lot and also i know the post credits we got teased with some other things that's pretty cool but that for sure i have i'm so curious about what they're going to do next what follows up with you know star fox and all that and of course the post post credits i was super hyped of course we see you know fucking john snow teasing us with that little sword he's got to become black knight and but off screen we hear blade like oh shit hell yeah they're doing it Bro. so what a tease though i just gotta say like they you have this you know intergalactic you know players all of a sudden they bring it back down to earth with like yo i got this evil sword and a vampire hunter's with me <laughs> a little bit of whiplash but still great so i just wanted to set that, that statement forward i know we talked about it before but what about you guys have you guys gone Ooh. back i mean if you think it's like too much they did too maybe even too little like it was pretty grand maybe too grand like what do you guys think now now that you know it's been a couple of years or a year or so well, I'm just going to say this one thing. So, I didn't see Eternals in theaters. I saw Eternals when it released on Disney+. Plus. So, it was about roughly two, two to three months after its theatrical release. Um, and it's a fine movie. It's, it has some interesting characters. Um, Kingo being, like, the best character... <laughs> and it shows throughout just like he just keeps getting brought up in a lot of like the later half of, of phase four but it's like um 
it's uh that and then you have um like you said the post post credits confirming that blade does exist and i i i got super i, I joel i think i remember because i texted you i was like oh shit blades in this bitch let's go <laughs> It's like I've been waiting for for the Blade movie for for I I was a big fan of the old Blade movies for how cheesy they were. Like I I love the Blade movies and I'm excited for the whenever uh the MCU ones coming out, but um I do kind of agree going into this movie, I had a little bit of that Justice League fear where it's like they are going to be introducing a whole cast of characters um that are pretty much the they're not necessarily gods but they're god adjacent in like respect like they're immortal they have they each have their own specific powers like they've gone they've lived on earth throughout you know a long period of time um you know trying to not to intervene but also like interacting with the people of the planet um and then of course you know the breakdown like after that um yeah it's it's not a terrible movie uh it's it is a little bit of a kind of like okay well this whole thing happened here with like apparently there's like a celestial in the ocean and nobody else knew that for some reason and then you had like all of this stuff happened and then of course like we have the big cliffhanger where it's like half of them are being taken away or half of who's left is like taken away and now we you know a whole phase has gone by we haven't really heard anything since about Eternals or anybody noticing that Eternals exist so it it made this movie feel very solitary which is not the it's not terrible because sol- like you can still have a very good solitary movie but as far as just kind of like questioning their direction cuz correct me if i'm wrong but did this movie get pushed back once can i assume that it probably did because of covid okay yeah, yeah okay. i'm assuming the same so i'm not going to i'm not going to you know judging on that but um yeah i think it's just one of those things where we kind of have to wait and see where it really falls into the bigger picture at least for that so like for me you know it's it would be one of those mcu movies where i would put it on necessarily to just kind of have on and then i'll i'll pay attention to the parts that i enjoyed but then for the most part you know i might be you know you know, on my phone, playing Marvel Snap. <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, Pooja, what about you? Like, what what's your opinions on uh, Eternals? I almost said Immortals. That's a wrong. That's the wrong movie. Ah, uh, whoa, whoa, that's a whole different movie. <laughs> that's a whole different movie. <laughs> yeah, with Superman. Uh, I kind of feel the same as Joel. Um, I flip flopped a lot when it initially came out because I saw it in theaters. Um, and it wasn't never, it was never a situation where, like, I never, like, I didn't like it. 
um I always saw that there was definitely some quality within the movie I thought it was really well done for the most part there were definitely issues though mm-hmm. um because I agree there's a lot of characters that you're trying to cram into this what two two and a half hour story of you know just basically these celestial beings just trying to kind of live amongst humans see if they can also be human themselves if there's any humanity in them um and i think for the most part as of right now i really do enjoy the movie i think it's actually a lot better than people give it credit for and part of that feels like people didn't really understand it they didn't Mm. understand how different it was, why it was intended to be different. Um, Because I know Chloe Zhao had mentioned that, you know, this isn't supposed to be the typical MCU formula of superheroes fighting and, you know, just that usual stuff that we used to see with, like, Iron Man and Thor and Captain America. It's essentially a movie about humanity. Um, And we see that through all of the different characters. We see each of them questioning some of their decisions, uh, with the exception of Icarus. Um, which is a whole different story. <laughs> um, but I mean, and and I think that's the whole point, though. You have so many characters on the spectrum of how how much humanity do you really have? And you have Icarus on one end. You have Cersei on a completely different end. And it's just interesting that to see that whole dynamic of, you know, opposites attract. Um, obviously, they very much loved each other. I don't know why. But... <laughs> that's that's life you know that's something that does happen and i don't know i i wish people would actually give it more of a chance uh and watch it again because there are layers to this movie there's there's so much to appreciate every time that you watch it every time you pay attention to it all of the relationships between all the characters are really nice to see um i don't know i it's like I said, I, I feel like people just didn't really understand it. And that's not to insult anyone's intelligence. Hmm. It's just sometimes when you watch it one time, you miss so much to where it requires a second, third, maybe fourth viewing. Uh, yeah. So I think it's just an issue of people not really giving it the proper chance and just kind of writing it off as something that doesn't fit within the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, and with regard to that particular topic, I also think people forget that we had COVID, so we had a whole year off from Marvel. Um, mm-hmm. So this is just Marvel trying to shove whatever they can into their for- their first year back. And last year, it was the same situation. They're just kind of shoving everything that they can in front of us. So it feels like a lot, um, and it feels like nothing really kind of fits into place. But I feel like it will at some point. We just have to let it, you know, mm-hmm. just flow out, and it'll work out on its own. Fair point. Yeah, because like I, we've heard it, we've heard it time and time again, <laughs> especially in like the past few months. Um, a lot of people touting that Phase Four was the worst phase in you know the MCU, where you know they have the arguments back and forth, but it's like at the end of the day, you still have to remember that it's it's the beginning of something new. Mm-hmm. And like you said, uh. It's unfortunate that they, you know, COVID happened. And so, you know, 2020 was off the book. And then they had to restructure, um, especially because, um, what was it? Like some movies and shows had to be switched around to like make it work. And then, of course, you know, you have Eternals, which is something completely different, completely new. 
but also it's jam-packed with everything else that we've seen just in this year alone. Um, it's, it, I'm going to, you know, sit here and just kind of wait and see what the big plan is. Cause I know once phase five starts, we're just going to be like running for like third base, you know, like it's just gonna be one big sprint to head over to, you know, fight Kang and, you know, have like big, huge multiversal, you know, battle that everybody's like probably honestly going to probably overhype. And there's going to be the people that complain about it, but what can you do? Um, one thing uh, left for 2021, I think, I, I know you you and me both joel i know that we were we were super excited about this and um i actually uh i don't think we were able to talk about that much uh puja but we're gonna head straight for the end of 2021 with spider-man no way home <laughs> oh my god um <laughs> Me and Joel have talked about so much in this podcast, so Pooja, we're just going to hand the baton to you. Um, looking back, No Way Home, what what do you think of it now? Dark. Um, <laughs> so when I originally watched this movie, um, I gave it a 5 out of 5. That has obviously changed. Okay. Um, and I think realistically, the reason I gave it five out of five was I was very emotionally distraught by the end of it. Just because <laughs> of all the things. Like, it, it takes a lot to make me cry over a movie. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this was the start of me starting to cry over everything Marvel. Um, <laughs> but I, I think when I originally saw it, I just, I love the fact that it, it, did rely on some nostalgia aspects, especially with Toby and Andrew coming back. And that's great. Um, I loved seeing them on the screen again, seeing their chemistry together. But I also appreciate the fact that they, if you're watching the movie and you tried to stay away from spoilers, um, they didn't take too much away from the focus of the movie itself. It was mm -hmm. still very much a Tom Holland, Peter Parker, Spider-Man movie. Um, whereas like some of the other movies, it felt like there was too much focus on other characters and it kind of took away from Peter uh, and just his story in general. But knowing home, it it it, it flip-flopped over the years for me. Um, I don't, or over the year. Um, it just, there's a lot to really dive into. I mean, you have all of these different villains coming back, you have, you know, the questioning of, should I save them? Should I help them? Should I just send them back and, you know, leave them to their doom? Um, there's a lot of things that go in here in terms of, you know, just doing the right thing or doing the wrong thing. There's the whole issue of, you know, well, what if, what about Dr. Strange's role? Why didn't he just ask these questions before actually doing what he did? Um, mm. So there's 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 a lot that goes into this movie. I and and I've talked about it with other people so many times as well. Um, my brother is a huge huge Spider Man fan, so he you know obviously loved it, um, and he still loves it. But for somebody who's a little bit more casual, I feel like I've just gone back and forth so many times, and I've been like, eh, 
that great. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. It just, it depends on how I'm feeling that day, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, in general, I think it's, it's not the worst film. It's not the greatest film in phase four. It's kind of just in the middle for me. Um, but I mean, at its core, I do love how fun it was. It was a very fun film outside of all of the emotionally distraught, emotional damage that you experience. Um, but it, it, it's a fun movie. I think if you enjoy Spider-Man, then you will love this movie. Um, but even if you're a casual fan, there's you'll still probably enjoy it to some degree. Um, and then you'll just move on with your day. So it's it's just kind of in between for me, really. I'm very neutral about it almost. That's that's fair. Because for me, um, you know... Growing up a Spider-Man fan, of course I'm going to like anything that's Spider-Man related. And then to have literally like three generations of like Spider-Man come together, like like for people like me and Joel, it's great. <laughs> like it, we, it's like we're we're having the best time of our life. But when you when you think about it objectively, that's such a big risk. Like e- even for like Marvel state like. Marvel Studio standards because yeah it's cool because now because of Loki we can start going into multiverse stuff but you have to think Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man came out in the early 2000s like literally like like 2000 2001 and onward and then Toby uh uh that's weird and then Andrew Garfield came out in like the kind of like late to like early like 2010s era ish and then, of course, then now you have the Tom Holland Spider-Man. So it's like you have such big gaps in between where you have to think of like the average like Marvel viewers, like, of course, a big demographic is kids. And so they're not they're going to see it's like, oh, there's three Spider-Man. But it's like, you know, they're not going to like understand like, oh, these are three different Spider-Mans. Or maybe if their parents are like, hey, you're going to watch all these Spider-Man movies, you know, <laughs> Um, but it it still runs a big risk because you know there could be people that really like the old spider-man movies and there could be people that really hated the old spider-man movies and it's like oh i don't want to see this guy on my screen i don't know who they would be but i'm sure there's people out there that are like that um but to what to what you're saying puja is they they did such a great job of honing in on this is you know tom holland spider-man story Mm. and the the thing I always kind of like think back on is, you know, they say it's like, oh, it's like you're you're telling Spider-Man's story again for like the third time in a row because Sony can't get their shit together. <laughs> that that last part was just on me because we we saw Morbius in the theaters, and I'll, that's the only time we're going to be mentioning that movie in this in this podcast. Um, but to go from there, um. Like, yeah, you know, the first two iterations of Spider-Man kind of r- roughly started out the same way. And so it's like, how do we make the Spider-Man different? And what's kind what I think is kind of great retro- in retrospect throughout the three movies, you get to meet, it's the youngest we've seen Peter Parker in, like, live action, at least. Um, but also, we really get to see, like, drawn out, the creation of spider-man 
because when we see him, we when we see him in um, Civil War, he's just a kid in a makeshift costume, kind of like beating up bad guys at night, and, you know, beating the bad guy. And then Tony Stark finds him and it's like takes him under his wing. It's like, OK, you're going to be my protege now. And I'm going to give you all this tricked out gear and you're going to be like this cool, like souped up, you know, neighborhood superhero. And it's like, OK, cool. But you still have that sense of like, OK, well, he's like. Being not he's being kind of like coerced into becoming like maybe like the next Tony Stark at some point. And so it kind of gets into his head in the in uh, homecoming, you know, and then he has to, has to learn to kind of like rely on his own strength. And then you hop over to No Way Home where Tony's gone, you know, people still kind of look to him as the, you know, the heir to like, you know, Tony Stark, you know, because he's like the child genius and like Tony Stark invested so much into him and like struggling with that kind of thing. And of course, everything goes awry with Mysterio. And all that jazz. Home. Did I say no way home? No, it's on your mind. It's okay. Sorry. <laughs> Far it's from okay. home. Thank you. Thank you, Joel. <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> but then you kind of, but to to that point, you see Tom Holland Spider Man, and now No Way Home, and we see him do the ultimate Peter Parker thing where he even knowing he's going to sacrifice everything in his life he's doing it because he knows it's the right thing to do and it's what he has to do and i feel like at that moment that's when he's like the friendly neighborhood spider-man that's when like he be he is now fully spider-man and so for me like no way home is a good it's a good enough movie on its own but i feel like for, at least for me when you take all those three movies plus like the bits in civil war and you put them all together i feel like it creates such a fantastic piece of storytelling just for that character alone now of course what does that mean for the rest of the mcu we don't know yet cuz i feel like they're going to be trying to convince sony to try to make more Spider-Man movies or even Tom Holland if he wants to come back and do it which who knows he might he might not um but yeah I kind of rambled He's on contracted. is he I thought they stopped doing the uh oh, multi-year I think he is maybe I think he signed on for three more I think I could be wrong oh. as you were saying yes we we have a whole podcast on the way home I think it's time to swing away from Spider-Man <laughs> Because <laughs> we'll we'll we gotta stop there. We're gonna talk about Spider Man for another three hours. So all right. Um, so yeah, good good point. Um, so with that, that wraps up 2021. Um, so 2022 had, I'd say, roughly almost the same amount of pro uh, productions that went on throughout the year. Um, they do feel a little bit more spaced out because no way home was in december our, our next mcu uh production doesn't come out until march 30th and that's moon night that ran from march 30th to may 4th um 
And then from there, literally two days later on May 6th, we got Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Um, on June 8th through June 13th, we had Miss Marvel. And July... Oh, and in between that and July 8th, we had Thor Love and Thunder. And then a little while after, August 18th through October 13th, we had She-Hulk Attorney at Law. And of course, in between that, we had uh, Werewolf by Night on October 7th. And then after that, we had Black Panther Wakanda Forever on November 11th. And to wrap up the year, on November 25th, we had the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. <laughs> okay, Joel, I... Th I think I know the, where you probably want to talk about because I know you really like this show a lot. So, Moon Knight, Joel. Actually, before we get to Moon Knight, I just want to do a little special shout out to oh. Werewolf by Night because I think that didn't get a lot of love and a lot of PR. At least for me, it seems like in our group of friends, like, nope, like people slept on Werewolf by Night. But for those of you who did watch it, I feel like it was super fun. And it was truly, like, it was actually, it was different, new characters, different take on the story, and then the ending I thought was great. I mean, as far as MCU goes, different. I mean, it still does, like, some formulaic things, but um, I want to see more of that. I thought with that show, actually, we were going to see Moon Knight, because Moon Knight in the comics makes his first appearance in Werewolf by Night, but we didn't. Oh. But maybe in the future, we'll get that. So I just wanted to say that first. Uh, we'll probably get to it again later, but... I really love Werewolf by Night. I fucking love that, that Marvel presentation. And I thought they did a good job, too, with the special presentation kind of feature. Of, it's a, here's, here's Werewolf by Night. Here it is. Bye. <laughs> you know? um, could use a little more love, I think, the PR, but they were focusing on other things. Um, yes, Moon Knight. Uh, six episodes of awesomeness. Um, everything I wanted them to do with the character, they did. They, they played us like, is it real? Is it? Like, that's all I want. Like, he doesn't know what's real. We don't know what's real. And they keep going back and forth. And powers he have is great. How he gets his powers. And they kind of... I like how we don't know his origin until, like, literally, like, the second half. We don't know how he got these powers or where it came from. And they still do some fresh things, too. Like, they're... Oh, shit. There was a, another Moon Knight before? Like, I didn't see that coming at all. I thought that was dope. Like, there was already a Fist of Khonshu. So, I, I just thought they were super fresh with the show. And, you know, I'm glad they consulted people, too, about how to deal with what he was going through with um, disassociated identity uh, syndrome or whatever. So it felt well handled. Worries is like they're going to, oh, he's crazy. He's built with people in his mind. He's Moon Knight. No, but they, they, they I handled that real well. And I just, of course, Oscar Isaac, he do no, no bad, I think. So um, I'm biased as hell. But, yeah, it, it's. <laughs> so good and you know scarlet scarab i didn't see that coming at all that was Bro. that was awesome and she kicked Bro. ass and then we got a fucking super god kaiju fight like i'm like <laughs> this, this, I, I was like i'm done man like marvel marvel's got it in the bag for me but um yeah we did talk about it a little but Joe, why don't you share your thoughts on moon knight because then we can go to brian after that yeah uh, can I just start off with uh, Scarlet Scarab? She was my favorite. I have a right? Funko Pop up for her. Literally, the moment it went on set, I was like, I need that. I, I love her character so much. I love her entrance. Everything about her, about Layla, is just so great. Um, 
but also just kind of like what Joel said, everything was handled so well, especially with the DID aspect and just the duality of two of his alters. It was just so well done, so well written. I know that a lot of people were talking about the pacing issues. I don't care about pacing. <laughs> just give me Oscar Isaac. That's all I care about. But I don't know. I, just, I loved it. Like, just, just these, like, Egyptian gods just fighting. And, and uh, God, what's his name? Um, our our villain. Uh, is it Ethan Hawke? Ethan? Yeah, Ethan Hawke. Yeah, yep. Ethan Hawke. He was so good, just yeah. just back and forth between you know therapist and villain, and you know you just you never knew what was the actual truth, and he was just so calm and casual as the therapist, but he was also calm and casual as the actual villain, and it was just it was so great, um, and I I really loved Oscar Isaac's performance. I think he did such a great job of just flipping back and forth between uh, both alters. He just he really embodied the role. Um, I don't know. I just maybe it's the also the um the what was it the maybe like the eleven twelve year old in me who was like obsessed with Egyptian culture mm-hmm. that made me love this show so much. But I I don't know this this show was really really well done. It's it's kind of up there in terms of like my taste for ranking. Um, it's I mean I know that there's issues with it. There's some you know. I don't care. I love it. So. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's 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 one of those shows where it's just like you have you have such interesting characters and it's just just like a whole setting where it's like we're we're diving into ancient Egyptian gods, you know, pretty much making contracts with these humans, and you know they become like their their warriors or you know their their altars and then this whole battle between you know this cult leader who just wants to kind of like take control of you know basically the balance of just like the egyptian deities for the most part um but yeah um like you're saying scarlet scarab was like the biggest surprise and such just like a badass moment Especially mm-hmm. when she start she started fighting um uh in her first like debut like fight and then she stops a car from like smashing a kid. It's like it's like, are you an Egyptian superhero? And she's like, Yes, I am. And it's like it's like <laughs> hell yeah, let's fucking go. <laughs> and um also just just props to who who the the group of people that like come up with uh just like the overall just production of these like shows and like the storylines and stuff just like taking these very obscure characters from like marvel's past that literally like were either very just like nothing characters or very like old stereotypical characters and then just changing them and like transforming them into such interesting cool characters for like the modern day because like back i i had to look up scarlet scarab just to see if like oh is this a new character or not it's like Apparently, it was just, like, a character from, like, a very old comic long time ago that was just, like, a very, like, stereotypical, like, you know, Egyptian dude that just, like, seemed really out of place. And so they just took that and changed it into, um, you know, having Layla become, like, the altar and then to become Scarlet Scarab and just did it in such a cool, fascinating way. It was great. 
and then of course you have mark um and um just like his whole journey with like having that one episode where you actually get to see his past you know when they're in limbo and they're kind of going through the doors of mark's memory and they're kind of showing when he started to kind of create these alter he these uh alternate versions himself to kind of safeguard him from all of his trauma from childhood and i i was actually really surprised i didn't think they were actually going to go that far into his backstory or as far as like the backstory of like the version that they're making for him but i thought it was like very impactful and very you know for me it was probably one of my favorite episodes just because of you know maybe a little bit of the sheer awe of them actually like going for it but then them going for it and then doing it in a very like respectful way you know it wasn't it wasn't done for kind of like cheap thrills and it wasn't done for like kind of shock and all it was like it was done for a purpose or at least i felt it was done for a purpose for the character's sake um and yeah like joel said like big big egyptian kai, kaiju fights is always a plus <laughs> too um but yeah moon knight i think was a really good kickoff for uh for phase uh the second half of phase four uh let's see how about we so i know the first movie of the of 2022 was doctor strange and multiverse of madness um I remember so much of this being very divisive towards fans, more so based on their expectations for the movie. So I kind of want to, I'm going to throw this to you first, Pooja. You know, now that we're almost a year removed from the movie, um, looking back on it, what what do you think that this movie could have done or do you think this movie had to do anything extra looking back now honest i really wish that they had done a little bit more with america chavez um and i really really wish that this was more of a doctor strange story um and that we had a little bit more progression for him um and and for me, it feels like it's following the Tony Stark formula in which I feel as if there's progression in his first movie, and then he kind of just goes back to his old ways almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just never really changing. And so that's, I feel like this was just a totally missed opportunity. Uh, I think when it comes to the writing and the directing, there was a lot of back and forth of who was responsible for a lot of the flaws of the movie, because it's definitely a flawed movie. There's so many issues with it. And I think a lot of it has to do with a lack of understanding of what has already been established, especially with Wanda's character. There's kind of like a lack of bridging between WandaVision to Multiverse of Madness um, there's just so many missing missing pieces. And I mean, stylistically, it looked great. It was very oh, terrifying yeah. at times. Um, Sam Raimi is known for his goofy horror style mm-hmm. in terms of uh, filmmaking. Um, and that really shined through this movie. But I feel like it took away from the actual point. Um, and it just, there's there a lot of things that were 
not really well connected. I, I it didn't really meet my expectations personally. I mean, I loved Wanda. I loved her entire arc. She was amazing. But I really, really wish they would have done a lot more with Doctor Strange. I wish that it was a little bit more focused on him instead of focusing on so many other characters and trying to, you know, also establish more of the multiverse. And I think that's kind of where they went wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I feel like that's a big reason why people just were so divisive over the movie. And, you know, some people loved it. I have, you know, people that I've talked to that said there was no issues. I loved it. It was great. And for me, I'm just, always stuck in the middle because I love Wanda, but I want to see other characters progress. And this right. movie just didn't do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, stylistically it's great. It's, it's really nice visually, but otherwise I don't know. And as far as America Chavez goes, I feel like this was not the greatest introduction to her character. It was very brief. It was very focused on Dr. Strange, but not in the right ways. And it just, it was, it was a bit messy. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I really don't think that there was a huge understanding of what has already been established, and I think that right. was what really led to its downfall. Like it's kind of like the difference between having America Chavez debut as a character and America Chavez debuting as a plot device. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would it Would it be fair to say that this could have easily been a Wanda movie if it wasn't for the fact that she was like the villain of the movie? feel like it, it it basically was a wanda movie um and i think mm-hmm. a lot of people were going in expecting it to be primarily wanda and you had other people on the other end of the spectrum were just like you know remember this is the doctor strange movie but it's like I mean, don't forget in, yeah <laughs> and it's like i remembered you know doctor <laughs> strange is at the is at the you know is, is in the title but even then it just it was still a wanda movie at the end of the day yeah what about you, Joel? Is has your opinion changed on the movie at all since like last year? Um, I mean, you guys bring up such relevant points that I I, I just stick to, and I um just hearing you guys talk about, it, I still stand by my original point. They should have just went in either full horror or full camp, and they went like kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that's what they should have done. They were scared to scare away their audience, which I, is fair. You know, Disney needs to make a shitload of money on every movie. Movie, I should say. Um, I you know it, it is. You know, I wish they did flesh out Strange more, but it was a Wanda movie. It was a great Wanda movie. You know, uh, America Chavez. I wanted her to do so much more. I wanted her to kick so much ass. But she's, you know, believing yourself in the end. Now you have powers, and she channels it. Yeah, you know, cool. Like that's. I feel like that was the waste of on her, like mm-hmm. writing wise. You know, of course, it's a strange movie. Strange has to, you know, give her that power. And I kind of get it. like the intro was great. Like, oh, we get a strange and he's kind of bad. And that was it. <laughs> you know, like uh, that follow up was. Oh, good. God. Yeah. But, I forgot about that. And he even has the line from No Way Home. Right. But this movie was supposed to come out before No Way Home. So I think that for me set the, mm-hmm. the bar super high as a. You know, Marvel and Spider-Man fan, like I went in expecting so much. So uh it's still enjoyable. And of course the the multiverse fight scene was still really good. And you know, Wanda takes on the Illuminati, right? That was whew, I loved it. And you know, I always make fun of that version of Reed Richards. He's a dumbass um forever. <laughs> That was well done, you know, action-wise is fun. You know, uh people didn't like the piano fight with the notes. I thought that was creative. That was different, you know, as far as that 
it was such a goes. it was such a Sam Raimi fight scene. It was, yeah. it, but it was fresh. It was fun, and you know, I'm glad that Strange doesn't get what he wants in the end. But yeah, at, at the same time, he didn't grow from it though. He's like, okay, whatever. I still love you, Christine, and she's like, you know. <laughs> And, oh, by the way, I found a new hotness. We're going to go fight Dormammu again. You know, it's like, uh. It's like, oh, yeah, I also just, like, committed, like, the biggest sorcerer's sin. But, eh, that's fine. And then it just a little bit of whiplash. I mean, I'm going to keep using this word, but it's the only way I can describe it. It's like, I'm okay. And then my eye and my head. Like, what? <laughs> like, I feel like it would if they stuck with the camp more, that would have worked. Or horror. But just, like, because it was in between, for me, it just didn't, didn't hit. I think as well, but mm -hmm. I think it's it's still fun. Um, yeah, it's certainly divisive, and they should have went to more than three places. But that's just me. I mean, technically, we did. We just saw them for a point, you know, one, two, five seconds. Yeah, <laughs> it's very fair. It's very fair. Um, I always kind of look at it as kind of like this is this is the 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 dipping of the toe into like the multiverse even though we technically already got like two other projects already that involved it this was like kind of like the real like you know we're really taking it slow but then i do kind of agree it was kind of there's too many stories intertwined with a doctor strange movie that wasn't doctor strange um mm. after that um of course Miss Marvel, which we talked extensively about before with Pooja on an episode of uh, You Never Know Reviews, where you can go listen and watch that right now. Okay, plug over. Um, I guess uh, since we did talk a lot about this when the show came out, um, I guess we'll, I'll just kind of throw this out into the open. Just kind of like, has your opinions of the show changed you know, now that we've gotten like a little time apart from the show, what since it's released, is there? Do you have any stronger feelings? Any you know, changing opinions about the the show overall since we last watched it? Um, I'll just kind of you know throw it out into the ether. Um, yeah. I love it. I nothing's really changed for me. I think it's still a really great show it's very fun um you know it's very it, it for me i feel like it's different because it just i like i connect so much to it mm -hmm. um so it's you know it's one of my favorite projects for phase four and i think it just it really explored a lot of uh different themes and different topics um throughout the entire series um i wish that I, and this is an issue that I feel like is, um, it depends on the Marvel show. Um, but the six episode formula is something that always bothered me. Because uh, I kind of mm -hmm. wish that we had more of these characters and more to flesh out. But I mean, aside from that, I, I still love the show. Nothing's really changed. Fair enough. Yeah, it's definitely, I feel like sometimes six episodes isn't a lot of time, especially when they're doing it in like 30 minute bursts. Mm -hmm. um joel how about you is has your opinion uh changed at all since the last time we talked about it oh i just again same thing with shang chi and all these other characters 
Where they at? Make them pop up. It's the Marvel <laughs> thing. They're supposed to be like, I don't know, Miss Marvel punches Wolverine for a second in the new movie coming up. Cool. All right, we're done. I just want to I want to see them interact. I want, you know, it's really cool seeing, you know, uh, uh the actress for America Chavez though show up to those premieres for, you know, the actress who plays Miss Marvel and vice versa. Like they're supporting each really other. Sweet. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Like they're supporting each other, you know, these young young people supporting each other. I was like, that's great. You know, now do that in the movies too. Come on, Marvel. Come on, Marvel. Make it happen. Come on. Oh, well. <laughs> Come on. You have no excuse. We got we got portals. <laughs> we got dimensions. We got spaceships. Although he's Come going. On. He's going. I'm, I'm going. I'm <laughs> we we worked so hard to get to the multiverse and traveling. There's no fucking excuse now why these guys can't show up or ladies, whatever they identify, wherever. Like man, fair. I, again, they're just limited by creativity and budget, right? So I understand that, but just like it's, I know there's people a lot of problems to face for, but it introduces so many great characters that I think need to just show up more. We need to see more of them. I mean, that's probably me just wanting more content, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, what's, what's, uh, that's that's me. What about you, Brian? I mean, I I feel like we're just gonna be repeating for the third time. Like it's still a great show. Um, it does make me kind of hope that the uh the marvels movie comes out sooner rather than later because i really do i again like you said i do want to see these characters again i do want to see where uh kamala you know where she warped off to off off into the universe you know and you know of course carol has to figure out you know what the fuck just happened and then you know figure that whole thing out and that whole big adventure um but yeah still a really good show um i feel like it's still it still stands as like one of the better disney plus marvel shows still just in general and i know we we still haven't had a lot of shows but you know i still think it's in the top two if not like the top show um so We'll go from there and let's see. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Um, of course, we we talked about that on the podcast before, but Pooja, we didn't really get to talk to you about it. Um, so Thor Love and Thunder really shockingly to me was a more divisive movie than I thought it was gonna be. Um mm-hmm. I'm very I'm very curious because I I th- I feel like we've kind of like you know we we chatted a little bit like on Twitter and stuff about it, but like what is there like overall just kind of like view on like just the Thor Love and Thunder is like the the package that we got compared to the package we thought we were gonna get. Okay, so I love this movie. I love it so 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 it's much. So good. Um, it's so good. It's so good, and I feel the same way that I did about Eternals in the sense that I don't think people understood it. Mm-hmm. I do feel no. that the, they definitely didn't. Um, I know that it was short and I think that kind of caused a lot of issues for the movie. Um, and I also think people forget that Marvel set that time constraint on Taika. So that's not really his fault. That's you can blame, you know, Marvel for that. Um, but he did the best that he could. Um, I would have loved to have seen uh, Gore's character fleshed out a little bit more because he was a really compelling villain. He was very good. Mm-hmm. 
and I feel like he was one of the better MCU mil- uh, MCU villains that we've seen in such a long time. Um, and I don't know, just seeing you know the mighty Thor as you know Jane Foster and seeing Thor's progression. Um, I have always felt, or not always, but like recently, I've been thinking back on this, and I I feel as if Thor has one of the better character progressions throughout the MCU. Yes, and this really shows mm-hmm. that. Um, yes. And I, it just kind of sucks that we didn't get too much of Jane Foster, especially with this movie. It's just like it's closing out her story and it kind of sucks that she dies. But I, I still love this movie so much. I love the goats. I know people think it's annoying, <laughs> but I love God, the goats. I forgot I, about them. <laughs> hey, man, those goats sold merch. People love uh, these goats. Uh, <laughs> I agree. Like every time I see someone post of like, can can't they just make Thor like back to where he was in Thor one again? Make him make him the better Thor again? And I was like, bruh, you don't I understand. It's like you don't understand. Everybody liked that Thor only because he did. He made some really good memes. He made some dank memes. All that movie, but. Besides I that, <laughs> I mean, he had like the another meme. Like he he had some he had some memes that lasted for a while. But like other than that, he was just he was just that very like early MCU like one dimensional character. And it wasn't until we got Ragnarok, and a little bit sh- kind of was shining through in the Avengers movies. But we didn't really get like an actual like full idea of what thor could be but then we Mm -hmm. also have to remember it's like thor is one of those characters where every single thing he was in he kind of he kind of always kept getting you know like emotionally beaten down you know because like he like what you know he in uh thor 2 like he thought loki died his mom died and then you know 
in Avengers um, Age of Ultron, which, you know, looking back, it's not the best story ever made, but like, you know, you know, Jane, Jane left him. And so he had, he had that kind of issue that didn't get even like touched really upon until this movie. Um, but of course, from there, like you had um, just like the whole turbulence as far as like, you know, finding out who Thanos was and actually actually having Loki die in front of him and then pretty much half of his race just wiped out all like half the Asgardians like wiped out and then you know his father passes away and then of course you know he was like the one that was supposed to like deliver like the death blow to Thanos he went all across the universe trying to find the forge so he can make a new weapon that would kill Thanos and he fucks up and then you know Thanos like snaps away half the universe and then through like the next five years he's in like a depressive slump and it wasn't until like you know he finally got drugged back in and then of course you have this movie where he finally reconnects with Jane and so it's it's kind of like slowly like repairing that like kind of you know relationship but then to have it be taken away from him again it's like yet another thing taken away from him but then you he gets to finally have that closure that he never got with anybody like he got a little bit of closure with odin kind of but like everybody else has been just taken away from him without like a chance for him to kind of really you know mend that relationship or just to you know be able to have one final moment with like that person and then to have love come into the picture. And now he has something to like care for and to nurture and to kind of move into the next phase of his life being kind of like the father figure to this this kid, you know? Yeah, yeah, he, he technically killed her father, but you know, that's not withstand that's not withstanding. Um and it's just kind of for me, it's just kind of like it makes me a little sad that there are some people that can't really, you know, see what this this version of Thor went through the, this past 10 years and finally getting, you know, he's finally getting a win, like a personal win from himself, not just like as like a team of the Avengers and like the, the world, like it's, it's a victory for him. And it's like, I will, I will lie if I didn't have my eyes were sweaty a little bit at the end of the movie, seeing him in love, just like leap into leap into adventure and battle. You know, it was it was a good movie. And I wish people, uh, like you said, Pooja, I wish people gave it more of a chance. Big himbo daddy. Uh, ultimate himbo daddy. Ultimate himbo daddy. Uh, Joel, did you did you have anything else to touch on for Thor before we? Uh... Uh, same thing. I'm just surprised people. Are like, I want my old Thor back. You mean the one dimensional dumbass? Like, I mean, he, yeah, it was cool. But that literally, that first movie was like, we need Avengers. Put him in it, and you could tell. Like, there's it's like, oh shit, we got Hawkeye, we got Loki. That the best part of Thor one is the ending fight with Loki, and is Loki by the way. <laughs> you know, like, uh, it, it just. Anything before Ragnarok is kind of Ragnarok is rough for him, you know. It, they don't know what to do with him. And with three, they know what to do with him, and then they take it further with this one. And 
this was so good, you know? Mm-hmm. He's facing his demons, another Thor, someone who can actually kill as guardians. He's seen as guardians die, right? But like personally, like this guy is you know, going in your face, killing in front of you, like intimately. And so it, I agree with you, Pooja. I've been saying this too, like Gore needed like 10 more minutes. And he this movie would would have been like the best his best MCU villain, like by far. But he already is really good. And then just just people were expecting something else. I mean, I guess the best way to look at it is like it's like a rom com. It kind of is, right? With oh. like God rom com, and I think that's the best way to put it. And people didn't want a rom com; they wanted Thor being like, "I'm a super strong guy," you know. And that's in there too. You know, it gets the better of him. He's on the planet that small black and white planet with color filtering in, which is like visually really cool. And I, I just think about it. I might just go watch that right now. But um, just it's so well done and. Of course, that post credits, you know, Russell Crowe's like, Ugh, we're going to go kill him. And, you know, his bad accent. And then just seeing, like, oh shit, for me, like, Hercules, they're going all in with Hercules is here with fucking the guy who plays Roy Kent, Ted Lasso, you know, the hype. Like, Thor's going to get his ass kicked again. I'm, I'm here for it, especially the way they've been growing with him. I think it's kind of like Luke Skywalker. They didn't like to see him become something different. It's like, that's a perfect was- analogy. That's if you perfect. don't change him, he does. He's not interesting. Like, Head Thor exactly. does serve a purpose. But like, you know, like the fact he's growing and changing is good. It makes him interesting. Same for Luke, right? It's like I'm the greatest legend of all, and he's unstoppable. Great, cool. But it's like, oh shit, he made mistakes and he learned from them. You know, he didn't learn from them. It took him like literally his afterlife too to figure it out. Um, too. But it's it's. People like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, hold your heroes where you want them to, but you're outgrowing your hero. I, I don't know. Like, or you should grow with your. I don't know. That's a whole other conversation we need to have. But yeah. Uh, let's see. Great. Watch it. it. It's great. there. Give it a shot. Give it a chance. Amazing. Give it. A, give another chance. Absolutely amazing. Um. Okay. So. We're kind of we're kind of getting into the home stretch. Um, we did talk about Werewolf by Night a little bit. Oh, watch it! I cannot praise Werewolf by Night enough. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm probably the only one that is fucking on the West Coast that loves this so much. It's it's it was it's perfect for spooky time. I just got to say, like when we came out of Halloween, that was oh so good. Okay, <laughs> that's it. We can move on if, we, if you want. Because Werewolf by, uh, by Night actually came out on my birthday, so hey. I can. A birthday gift to me from Marvel, and I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was such a great, you know, new thing for Marvel to do. I want them to do more of these because this is a lot more yes. fun. Yes, and it's just so goofy and different. And it's like, why? You, you know, the fans were like, "I want something different." Marvel said, "Here's something different. Here's a wolf werewolf. It's fun. It's fun. Just deal with it." You know, and, and, and I want more of it. I want it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, go watch it. Go watch, go watch it. it right now. Do it. It's there. Um, so I think the last two like really big things that we we should mention. Um, kind of go, kind of actually like it kind of pairs up with Thor: Love and Thunder a lot. Um, we get we get She Hulk, Attorney at Law. It's another one of those shows that really showed that. Marvel Studios could really, you know, 
change what you think an MCU show could be where it's it's literally a like a a lawyer comedy there there was like the least like at least as far as like what you think like an MCU show would be like She-Hulk I believe I had some of the most fun times watching this and it wasn't even the parts that were like super MCU heavy it was just a lot of like the comedy and just like the situational just like you know we had uh the fourth wall breaking that like felt so fluid and so well timed and like not overdone and not over like not like done to like an outrageous degree and then just the <laughs> the finale of the show was something i wasn't even expecting at all like so we we talked about she-hulk in the past so this is obviously if you're watching at this point you obviously know it's spoiler territory so um on the finale of she-hulk when she went like super fourth wall and went to the actual um disney plus home screen i thought the app crashed <laughs> <laughs> for a second i didn't realize that we're still watching the show until she pops out and i was like we're fucking going all in i i, I loved yeah. it oh characters you know situation just like just like flipping flipping the whole like mcu on its head for for the most part just like it's one of those shows that they really took a chance with and you know you know putting the naysayers aside i felt like overall was a very pot like a very positive show at least in my opinion um yeah. a good show it was right? i mean i feel like it just it called out the audience and it was just like you know mm -hmm. almost too accurately <laughs> <laughs> I had a theory that they had like filmed different versions of the episodes to kind of oh. like judge based on audience reactions and just release the one that they thought was going to be like a response to that. There was just so many moments though that felt a little bit too perfect. Like it just it felt very well timed. Like the next week, um, or actually one episode, they would talk about something about Twitter. Everybody yeah. was on Twitter, just like just going off about this show, and then the next episode they would address it, and I'm just like, "How are you doing this so <laughs> perfectly? Like something is going on." Um, Kevin, it, it was it was K E V I N. It was, um, and I just I love all the behind the scenes stuff about like you know how they wanted to use, um, they wanted to actually put like a hat on. Uh, Kevin or something and Kevin Feige was like please don't like I don't want it to resemble oh, me yeah and that was because of the fact that Kevin refused to show up at the end of the finale so they're just like can we just put a hat and they're like nope can't do it <laughs> because it's a little bit too on the nose but like I don't know I I just at this point if you're not liking some of this stuff to at least a little like to some degree like are you even having fun like i don't like, know it's just like it's it's one of those things to have like it's very fair for people that would say like they have mcu burnout because you know 
That's it's fair. We've we're what in like our thirteenth year, or f- even fourteenth year, maybe of He's actually. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. fifteen years. Oh my god, <laughs> of just like straight like content, and like I can understand that like, people would have you know check out and have it you know be fine with it, but then to have the people that you feel like they're checked out, but they feel like it's an obligation to still watch this stuff, even though they hate it. And it's like, well, what are you doing? You the know, FOMO. it's the fo- it, FOMO for real. Um, mm-hmm. Which is weird because it's also like, you know, it's a Disney plus show. So it's like, you could technically see it whenever you want. You can like take mm-hmm. your time with it. You could also unsubscribe. It's an option. Too. But what if I want to watch my Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> Mando's coming out soon. I can't, I can't. People be hate watching that shit too. They will. It always it it's always a guarantee, no matter like what property it is. Um, but but I don't know. She for me, She Hulk was like a good palate cleanser. Like. Every everything that we've had up until that point, like had something different to it, but also had that kind of like touch of like, you know, Marvel that we've come to know over the years. But I feel like She-Hulk was really that first time where it's like they're just having fun with it. Like they know what they're doing. They know what to expect from like an audience perspective. So they're just leaning in super hard onto it. And it, it I think it worked out really well. And like you, like like you were saying, Pooja, like it seemed like it was like very scarily accurate, like what they thought the audience was like gonna say mm-hmm. and do. Even uh, even like with the finale, it's like like they were even like just like pointing it out. It's like, hey, it's like, why are we making this finale like every other Marvel show? Can we just like change this a little bit? Can we have people like? face the consequences of their actions can we just like not have this big huge like dry out fight where hulk has to come in for some reason you know kind of deal but yeah it, it was a it was a good it was a good show it was a good show um it was a uh, fresh breath oh my god breath of fresh air right <laughs> <That's what it laughs> was. Hell yeah um <clears throat> I guess uh I guess I should say is there any any final words from either of you about She-Hulk before we get into the the big big meaty tail end of phase 4 that She-Hulk Daredevil get whoever fucking do it whatever I don't care I want right. to see more there we got Daredevil that's right in the walk of fucking shame all right so yes that was spoiled for me, but it was still great. So I just want to say, please don't point, post your fucking, you know, one minute clips on, online. But also, that was amazing. Thank you. Thank you, She-Hulk. Thank you for being funny. Fight, uh, you know, Valdane, Captain America Fox, too. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> shit was funny. Uh, fun. And honestly, it, it was just very telling people, like, I don't like this. It's because XYZ, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'll watch it then. <laughs> That's it for me. Fine. All right, guys. Pretty much what people consider is the finale 
of phase four. Wakanda forever. I think, and I've said this before in our podcast, um, this, this movie is a very rarefied movie, like in general, and also just in the MCU. Um, cause in our, one of our year end podcasts, we kind of were trying to rank like the movies of the year. And when it came to like Marvel movies, I almost felt like for me, it was an injustice to kind of put this into a ranking just because of how particular and how, how special of a movie this is just due to the fact of the circumstances of like Chadwick Boseman passing away and then them having to kind of like readjust and redo this whole movie or what they were planning on for this movie where I feel like it has to it has to be put into like a special spot where it's like it's it's a mo it's a moment in time that I kind of hope that we don't have to do again but it's like you never know what will happen um I I will I will admit that going into this movie I was kind of worried about what this was going to be because during the whole production, like, of course, like they had to, you know, they had a little bit of setbacks with the movie as far as like, they had to deal with like lockdown stuff and like they had to stop production. And then, of course, um, I think there was like some on on set like injuries that had to also stop. And then, you know, they're trying to figure out like what to do with this movie. And then so when they finally released it and we finally got to see it and. I think it was a very well done movie that they did justice to kind of serve the plot, but also a justice to kind of like have Chadwick Boseman in this movie without having it overshadow everything else. Because that was the one thing I was worried about. Because like we we want to respect Chadwick Boseman, but we also want to respect the legacy of this character and this franchise, just as Black Panther, and to kind of help it move into the future, so that this character, like this identity, can live on throughout the MCU and just throughout like movies in general. Because it's a very because Joel, I remember when we went to see the first Black Panther movie. That was the f first time in a very long time we had an entire theater fucking going crazy even before the movie started. Like, it was such a big event. And then, like, having that movie start and then, like, you know, dropping in to the first sequence and then in big bold letters, just, like, Oakland just came up and everybody yeah. fucking started, <laughs> fucking started yeah, screaming. Oakland. It was so fantastic. It was such a special moment. And with Peninsula Kids here in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> and so for Wakanda Forever, I was very pleasantly not I wouldn't say surprised, but I was very pleased by what they did and kind of, you know, showing like, hey, you know, this not to be, you know, cheesy or anything, but hey, this is gonna be all right. This is gonna be, you know, 
Black Panther is still going to be here. It's obviously not going to be the same Black Panther, but like we have we have the right intentions in mind for this franchise. Um so yeah, um not to be not to be a little downer, but <laughs> This still was a fantastic movie, so I kind of I kind of want to get your guys's opinions on, like, even though we're not that far removed from the movie, it's only been a little over two months since the movie came out. Like, where are you guys mm -hmm. sitting with this? Like, how are you feeling about this? I, so I thought I saw this movie twice in theaters. Um, it's just so good. It's really, really good. Um, I think they really understood how to balance out honoring Chadwick Boseman and his legacy as T'Challa, as Black Panther, while also setting the tone to kind of move towards Shuri as accepting some sort of type of role. Um, but we were just not sure how that was going to happen. Um, all these discussions about recasting Chadwick and, you know, trying to get somebody else in for T'Challa, technically they did it towards the end. Very it, true. It counts. <laughs> it counts. Um, but I, I really do respect the fact that they didn't recast him right away. I think it's a little bit too soon. It's a little bit too sudden. Um, and realistically, I feel like when I watched this two times, it really felt like to me anyway, it seemed as if the the actors and the actresses and, you know, everybody that was behind the scenes, this was their chance to breathe and to say goodbye to him one last time. Most people don't get that opportunity. Most people get to say bye once. But this was a really good opportunity to kind of just express what was needed um, while having another storyline attached to it when it comes to Namor and, you know, Talokan and, um, you know, the the entire conflict between Talokan and Wakanda. And I think that was such a really well done storyline. Um, I don't know. It just, it was, it was very beautifully made and it was very emotional. There was so much going on, whether it was the, the things that we saw with Queen Ramonda um with um Okoye even um I I was actually very 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 surprised by what happened with Okoye the fact that she you know was super comfortable with uh, with taking Shuri lost Shuri lost her job and it was just such a change of pace everything started to change in terms of the tone and you know we saw um Nakia come back and it, it was just so good um, uh, Tenoch Horta is really great as Namor. I feel oh, like yeah. the entire Talokan, you know, nation is so amazing. I love their costuming for the record. Um, oh, I yeah. really hope that they win best costuming at the Oscars, honestly, because it is beautiful. Um, but just overall, like story, the the visuals, it's just it's so nice and so refreshing to see. Um, and and I like everything else in Phase Four. I know this. This movie got its own, you know, criticism. Um, I don't care. I loved it. I I, I want to <laughs> see more of Shuri going forward. I want to see more of Namor going forward because I feel like it's definitely going to happen. Um, 
And I, I don't know, I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen in terms of the world of Wakanda and what's going to happen with the mantle of Black Panther, how Shuri's going to, you know, move forward. Um, and we can't forget about M'Baku. M'Baku. My boy. Much. He was such a good character. He had so much growth in this movie. My I, king. Everybody was like, oh, well, you know, there's too many women. I don't care. I mean, you had Umbaku. He was a great, like, he was oh, he was the good uncle that yes. gave the advice that was needed to Shuri. And I think that was great. That was him being a leader in the moments that he needed to be. But essentially, this was Shuri's movie. It was so good. I loved it. And yeah, I'm just excited for more of these characters. I want to see where they go. Oh, hell yeah. Joel, lay, lay it on me. I know we were only two months removed. I'm lagging hell hard, so let me oh. know if I need to re I turn off my video, that might help. Uh, we could cut that. Okay, all right. Anyway. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Anyway. Um, I agree with you, Brian. It has a special place. Uh, just, it hits really hard. And the way you said it, how, like, honor... I kind of felt the same way about, like, Isis Skywalker, because Carrie Fisher died during it so yeah that's true that is very true so uh it just and i i i know we i feel like we we said it all in in our just the more band that was whoo mbaku killing it shuri you know angela bass ah it's just damn good so uh oh um Oh, did, did any of that get through? I don't, we, oh, we, man. We, we, we got we got we got the big pieces of it. Um, oh, <laughs> but I, I I feel like what what you're trying to say oh, is it's like everybody was on their a game for this movie. Like there there wasn't it didn't feel like anybody was like holding anything back. Kind of like what do, what you're saying, Pooja. Like everything had its place every everybody was on point they knew what their task was and they executed to the best of their ability and i think they did a great job um but yeah this this movie is very is going to be very special um i i will just say this uh best buy yo um we need to have a talk about your steel books um don't get me wrong the talokan Namor one is fucking beautiful. You might need to go to the drawing board with Wakanda one. Um, Cause okay. A while ago on Twitter, I said that their Wakanda version looked awful. I, I said that out of passion. I'm going to retract it a little bit and just say, it's not awful. It's just very lackluster. <laughs> Cause I think we talked about this before, but you looked at it and it's like the Talakal would look like very artistic and it has like the, the Mayan kind of like artistry and then it has like the winged serpent on the inside where the Wakanda one is just like, you have Wakanda in the background and you have kind of like these like movie poster pictures of like the people of Wakanda. It's like, really? Really, Best Buy? You're going to, you're going to do, you're going to do it like that? All right, sure. Fine. Um, but yeah, uh, that was the last big entry 
into phase four. Uh, there, there was the Guardians of the Galaxy Holly, holiday special. I don't know. Did uh, did you guys watch that one? I did, and I loved it. Give me Yay. more, please. <laughs> yes, I wasn't expecting such a big, like pseudo big, like story beat. Like I wasn't expecting like um, Mantis to be like. Uh, Peter, I, th I think we're br brother and sister. It's like, excuse me, <laughs> in a holiday special. I was, I was thinking like volume three, but they were wasting zero time. All about family. That's why. So, I loved it. it it's I, all about family. I love the fact that it focused so much on Mantis and Drax because we don't really get as much in the Guardians movies. We get some. Mm -hmm. um, but, and I, I, this made me love and appreciate Drax a lot more. Yes. Um, and I already loved Mantis. I She's one of my favorites. Uh, I, give me more, please. I can't wait for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Oh, so. It's, it's going to be... I feel like that movie is going to be the one that wrecks us. Like in 2025... <laughs> in 2023, like that's going to be the MC movie that's going to wreck us. I feel it coming. Yeah, I feel like I feel like between that and Quantumania, we're just—it's eh, gonna—it's gonna be great. It's gonna, it's be, gonna awesome. be great. It's gonna be a fantastic <laughs> ride. Um, yeah. Phase Phase Five is gearing up to just be, as far as we know, hopefully it's just gonna be a lot of bangers, because they laid the groundwork in Phase Four. You know, we we get the concept of what they're trying to like kind of inches towards and now hopefully with quantum mania we're just gonna blast off and just go wherever you know they plan to take us um but yeah phase four that it's great it's great give it give it a chance like if you if you were burnt out from phase three you know give it a chance it's mm -hmm. it's worth it and you know what it's all on disney plus now it's all there. You can see it, and they have a timeline, so you can go through at your own pace. Trust us. We're we're Uber fans, yes, but we're Uber fans for a reason. It's good. <laughs> I will agree with Joel, though. I just want to see everybody meeting everyone and just having them everywhere, and just you know, I, I want to see Shang Chi meet Kamala. I want to see Kamala meet. Wolverine and Kingo. I just I want all of this to just yes. work out. So I'm excited for phase five though. I before we wrap up, I have one question. Did you see the leaked footage of the Marvel Cruise line show? No. So if you want to see technically the first time like some of the new characters interact with each other. They have a dinner time show that is projected on like an LCD wall. And it's kind of like this big, huge, like Avengers action sequence. And that is like the first time you get to see characters like Kamala and, you know, and uh, Falcon as the new captain. Um, event like do like this big, huge, like dinner time adventure together. Interesting. Yeah, it's 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 wild. <laughs> like, ho hopefully, hopefully, there's like a good enough video quality you can find on YouTube. But I I highly suggest checking out just to see the intrigue of being like them kind of testing out their chemistry as a team together. Mm -hmm. 
it's definitely worth some it's definitely worth hunting down for sure yeah i gotta look into it then yeah all right that i think concludes just our big huge conversation with phase four had a lot to talk about um really had a good time Pooja, thank you so much for hanging out with us again we always love having you on the show it was fun i love talking about this kind of stuff yeah so thank you um would you care to share where people can find you on the internets um you can find me on tiktok and instagram as samosas and popcorn and if you want to find me on the twitterverse i am samosas and popcorn yeah joel how about you where where can people find you at uh i'll I'll say it in post (laughs) okay (laughs) that bad well 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 joel's internet uh eats them up um of course uh you can find me uh at brian saber pretty much anywhere on twitter and instagram it's um at brian underscore saber uh, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. This has been the United We Nerd podcast. And of course, remember to always keep on nerding. <laughs>